Hey, so before we get started on this podcast, I just wanted to ask you if you have found any value, any value at all in this podcast in any of the episodes, and you could take a quick 15 seconds, just pause this right now and take 15 seconds to leave a review, leave a star rating, whether it's five stars, whatever you believe that it is, and leave a review on Apple, on the podcast app, anywhere that you can leave a review for the podcast, that would be amazing be so so great and and I know it's a lot to ask to say hey take 15 seconds to go do this but it means a lot and it's not so for the downloads or anything but when people are scrolling through podcasts and they see a podcast with a thousand ratings a thousand reviews it's like a restaurant you'll see with all those stars all those reviews and you'll want to go eat there same thing with a podcast you'll want to listen So that'll help a lot of people that might be struggling or might not know where they're going in life to be able to come to this podcast and and learn from the amazing guests that we're able to bring on this. So I would greatly appreciate it if you do that. And I will absolutely give you a shout out in a podcast for sure. So thank you. Thank you very much. Hal Elrod, welcome to the Art of Podcast, and today, this title of this episode is The Art of Dominating Your Morning Routine, and who better to dominate their morning routine than Mr. Morning Routine himself, Hal Elrod. Thanks for coming on, brother. How you doing? Dude, it's an honor. David, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I love you as a human, and uh, I'm grateful to be here. Likewise. Reciprocate that, man. And how I got to ask you, how was your morning this morning? Did, did, did you just crush the morning routine? It was a miracle morning. I got <laughs> back from Vegas last night, so uh, I woke up at 5.02 this morning without an alarm. That's a little later. I like to start at 4.30, wake wow. up between 4 and 4.30 and hit the ground running at 4.30, so a little off today, but I gave myself some grace since I was coming back from Vegas. Hey, hey, you know what? We're going to get into the morning routines and your morning routine, but you said a word right there that I have to touch on. Grace. Grace. Mm. Grace. Like, when people think about morning routines, routines, and habits, they often beat themselves up and end up dying mm. to the sword of routines. Like, like the I've heard you say in, in, uh, in an interview of like, man, you don't beat yourself up. The morning routine guy is not married to having to be have his morning routine. Talk about that on giving yourself grace. That's so important. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, like, you know, beating yourself up is obviously self-defeating. It's, you know, you're, you're hurting your confidence, you're hurting your self-esteem, etc. Um, I do believe, though, I said something in an interview the other day, I said, you know, you don't want to be so, you know, intense with yourself. Hmm. And then I caught myself and I went, no, 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 let me rephrase that. You do want to be intense with yourself, but not from a perspective of what you're doing wrong and beating yourself up, not that kind of intensity, the kind of intensity that a good coach gives you, which is like, dude, you're better than that. You're a champion. You are limitless. Let's live in a line. Like, yes, get excited, get intense, get enthusiastic, but not at, oh, I suck. Dude, you know, no, I'm amazing. So I'm not going to make that mistake again. I'm amazing. So I'm not going to miss two mornings in a row. I'm amazing, right? Like that intensity from a place of like encouragement uh, is I think that, you know, where we need to land. And when we fall short, you know, go, man, that is not okay. I'm not okay with that because I am better than that. Yeah, that's great, man. And that, that self-talk in the morning, I'm sure that's part of your morning routine that we'll talk about and how important it is. And, and your energy, like you're talking about 4 o'clock. I'm just thinking 4 o'clock. 
I'm like, man, I would need so many coffees to have the energy that you have. <laughs> Your energy is absolutely infectious through text messaging, through in-person, through Zooms. And do you make, do you live that way intentionally? Like, I, I, like people will see that like, man, how, can you do that all the time? Yeah, let me speak on that because I, I, I had it articulated the other day. Uh, I'm rereading a book for probably the third or fourth time, uh, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Have you read that nice. one? Yeah, nice, good. One of the best, one of the best books. I forget how good it is until I reread it. I'm like, oh, yeah, how did, I, I, I'm not living this. I forgot this part, right? But he talks about spiritual energy and that we all have this limitless spiritual energy inside of us. And he said it's available, it's on tap, but most of us block that energy with negative, with our negative energy or with self doubt or with complaining or with, you know, focusing on what we're missing versus what we have. And he said, this spiritual energy, it's why you can meet someone that's 80 years old and they have the energy of a child. And you think about it when you meet that person, like my mom is that person, she's, you know, 65 ish right now. And she is a ball of energy. In fact, she like blows me. I mean, I, I can't hang with her. Um, <laughs> but she has this spiritual energy, right? Because there, there's physical energy. Like, you, had, you know, for me, I eat the right foods yeah. and I, I do a green tea in the morning. For, right? I, I try to optimize my, spirit, my physical energy, but that spiritual energy is on tap whenever you need it. And, and, and I know that because I can be tired before an interview like this where I'm, oh, God, I'm so tired. Or I can be tired before I have to give a speech on stage and I'm thinking, how am I gonna deliver the speech? I'm exhausted. As soon as I get in front of an audience, as soon as mm -hmm. I look at your face, like I just decide I, I'm, I'm showing up for this, right? And, and it, I, I realized the other day when I was reading The Untethered Soul, oh, it's spiritual energy that I'm choosing consciously to tap into and I had never really put it in that context before. That's good, man. I've never heard it that way. Spiritual energy, that is, dude, that's beautiful. Man, we've already gone deep and we haven't even started off with a bang like we always do. So we're going to rewind. We'll get back into this. Start us off with a bang, Hal, or continue on with a bang. Something that maybe not everybody knows about you. Something a little different. So maybe I'll do this. Since we started off with a bang before the bang, uh, <laughs> I'll share with you something that most people don't know about me that is really mundane. All right? So cool. we're going like to go it. a different route. Um, I eat the same thing every single day. I follow the same patterns and the same routines. I think psychiatrists would call that OCD. I'm not sure because I think it serves me rather than hurts me. Um, but I wake up at really the same time every day. I go to bed at the same time every day. And in between, I wake up, I drink the same green tea. I have a scoop of coconut oil to get some fat to my brain right off the bat in the morning. Um, I take certain vitamins every day. At the exact same time, each morning, I uh, then go to you know, do my workout. I then make my smoothie, and it's the exact same smoothie every day. And I've fine-tuned it over the years to be have all these superfoods. It's got ginseng. It's got energizing you know, compounds. It's great. I then eat the same salad every single day for lunch. Um, anyway, so yeah, that, that, that's it, man. I am, uh, I'm about as boring you know, as much as you see this enthusiasm energy, like my daily schedule is so on point. And here's the way I look at it. I call it my ideal foundational schedule. And I think this is really a lesson for anybody to model, right? Not saying that I got it figured out or I do the right way. But what I did, this is how this started. I asked myself, what are all of my values? That's where I started. What are my values, right? Health is a value. Um, relationships, right? Connection, that's a value for me. Um, financial freedom, that's a value for me. Fun, that's a value for me. So I identified all of my values. And then I went, okay, 
what are my goals? I kind of like looked at the big picture and then I created a schedule every day that made sure it incorporated time for health to work on my finances, to achieve all of my goals, to, you know, to maintain my energy levels at the highest level possible to make sure I have fun, right? Like I take a two hour lunch break and I shoot hoops every day. Cause similar to you, I, I love basketball and basketball. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so that's it. So you hit this ideal foundational schedule and I do it every year and even throughout the year, I'll tweak it. But every year I re-examine it. I reevaluate my values, my goals, the schedule. Take a quick break in the podcast because you know what I love almost more than anything is a great cup of coffee. Oh, I just wake up excited for my coffee. You know what I'm talking about. If you're a coffee person, if you're not a coffee person, you need to kind of just check. Uh, yeah, yeah. Check your priorities. But what else do I love? I love workouts. I love training. And what if you could put workouts and coffee together? You always thought about like, you know, coffee is just this natural pre-workout. And then you got pre-workouts. What if you had the best of both worlds? Well, now you do. Workout coffee is finally here. I wish I would have created this. Such a great concept and idea and where nature meets science and all the workout coffee products are powered by Theofit, which is a high potency Theoflavin enriched black tea extract that is patented and clinically proven to improve exercise performance and reduce recovery time. So the question is, what are Theoflavins? Great question. Naturally formed from the oxidation of tea leaves, they've been shown to have strong antioxidant and anti-inflammatory effects, as well as supporting liver health, blood lipids, and the immune system. So think about that. You're getting all this and coffee, the taste of coffee, the energy of coffee, the cat, like, uh, my mind is blown. I am going to wake up in the middle of the night, have a cup, have a cup in the afternoon, in the evening, like keep it coming, work out coffee, check it out, workout-coffee.com. Look at the, the, the links in the show notes below. We are going to have a discount code for you in there too. Check them out and get your coffee today and your workout on. Now, back to the episode. And I then readjust the schedule. I adjust it so that it is something I am, A, if I live it, all I have to do is live it. All I got to do is show up what it says to do at 6 a.m. and then at 7 and then it's all predetermined. I don't wake up any day and go, what should I do today? Mm. It's all in my schedule. And if I do that, A, I'm going to live in alignment with all of my values. And B, I'm going to reach all of my goals. And see, I love it. I enjoy, I create a schedule that I love yes. to live. It's got space. It's got freedom. It's got discipline. It's got all of it in there. So yeah, that that that's uh, that that's my answer to the first question. Dude, that is gold. That is anything but boring and but mundane. You have created <laughs> your ultimate life rhythm. That is the goal for all of us. We want to live in that rhythm that we enjoy. And what you've done is you are so disciplined that it creates freedom. You create margins within your day because of your discipline. People will look at discipline as a negative, but discipline is a beautiful thing. Man, wow. Start us off with a bang from the, the miracle morning himself crushing it. All right, how? Okay, so before you get to this point where you are amazing, selling books in like 27 different countries, creating a movie, like when when was that point in your life where, man, you, you just felt broken or stuck? And, and what helped you get to the next level so you could be able to 
transcend of where you've become at today? Yeah, there, there are a few points like that, and I'll dive in on one, but there's a couple that are worth mentioning. Um, when I was 19 years old, I got hired to sell Cutco Cutlery, and I was a radio DJ at the time. I was on 97.1 FM in, uh, in Visalia, Central California, and I gave up the dream of being a radio DJ, a nationally syndicated radio DJ, because a buddy of mine took me in for an interview for Cutco, and I saw that, wow, there's unlimited income potential, it's commission. And I just fell in love with the, the company and the culture. So I started there. And a year and a half later, I had broken, I, I, I was fortunate. I had a great mentor that hired me and he led me to break a bunch of company records. And I did really well with the company. A year and a half later, I was giving a speech at an event. And after my speech, I was driving home in a Ford Mustang. I just bought a new car. And I was hit head on by a drunk driver at 70 miles per hour. My car spun off the drunk driver, it turned sideways, and the car behind me crashed into my driver's side door at 70 miles an hour and broke the left side of my body. I broke 11 bones. My femur, the biggest bone in the human body in your thigh, broke in half. My pelvis broke in three places. I broke my arm in half. I shattered my elbow. I severed the nerve in my forearm. I broke my eye socket. I severed my ear almost completely. It was hanging on by about an inch. And uh, the top of the ceiling buckled, and the, the metal came through the roof, and it cut my head at the top of my skull into a V. And that night I bled to death. I was found dead at the scene. I was clinically dead for six minutes in a coma for six days. And when I came out of the coma, I was told by doctors I would never walk again. And as you might imagine, and the look on your face right now, right? It's like, you know, I wake, I wake up in the coma and I'm like, well, why am I in a hospital? Why, why am I in pain? Why, why can't I move the left side of my body? And it's like, Alex, oh, we're in a car accident. You're never going to walk again. You have permanent brain damage. Um, that was the first defining moment in my life. And I went, okay, like literally within the first couple of days, I went, I can't change that I was in a car accident. So there's no point in wishing this didn't happen. There's no point in resisting my reality. The only choice I have is to accept my life exactly as it is, be at peace with it exactly as it is, and focus all of my energy and my emotions onto what I can control. Because otherwise, there's, it's, there's no point in causing myself all this emotional pain. And the doctors thought I was in denial because I was so happy and positive. And what they didn't realize, they thought that I couldn't accept my reality, so I was delusional. And it was the opposite. I go, no, 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 no. I've accepted my reality completely. What's the point in feeling sorry for myself? I, how's that serve me? What's the point in being angry with the drunk driver? How's that serve me? What's the point in feeling like a victim? How's that serve me? I wanna get my life back as fast as I possibly can in whatever way I can. And I decided, I said, look, if I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life, if you guys are right, I'll accept that. I'll be at peace with that. However, I am not accepting that until I'm proven there is no other option. And I visualized walking every single day. I prayed to God every day that I could walk again. I focused on it. I went to therapy. I did everything in my power. And, you know, David, I was thinking like six months to a year later, maybe I'd walk again. Three weeks after the crash, the doctors came in with routine x-rays and they said, we don't know how to explain this, but your bones have healed so quickly that we're going to let you take your first step in therapy tomorrow. So it went from never walking again to three weeks after I was found dead, after my femur broke through the side of my leg, right? And my pelvis broke in three places. The doctor said, you can, and I took my first step the next day. And the rest is kind of history, as they say. And, you know, there's so many lessons in that. But one of them is that don't ever let somebody else limit you what's possible for you. Yeah. And most importantly, don't limit what's possible for you yourself. Mm. Like we limit ourselves based on our past. Mm. 
don't live, don't believe your what you're capable of is based on your past. It's based on your potential. There's literally very little that you cannot do. You can even break the record for three pointers in the Guinness Book, like David Nurse, if you really put your mind to it, right? So, so yeah, man, that that for me, and that really led me that that set me on a path where I went, okay, I feel like I just I I really had a moment in the hospital where I was, you know, in in prayer and in thought. I thought, man maybe this is an opportunity for me to really take this, this tragedy, this adversity head on so that I can help other people. And, and it's funny. I told my dad, I said, dad, you know, I always wanted to be like the motivational speaker ever since I started speaking at all these Cutco events, but I never really had anything to talk about. Like you and mom were really good to me. Like I had a pretty normal childhood, you know, uh, I'm not like a millionaire. I can't talk about that. I go, I would have never asked for this. But maybe that's why this happened. And David, I'll, I'll close it out with this one lesson. They're one of the oldest outages that I'm aware of, the, the, the sayings, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I think that that often, it can disempower people because they, they throw their hands up in the air and go, why, God, why? Yeah. Why did this happen? Right? They're, they're wanting someone to tell them the reason. And I believe that everything happens for a reason, but it's our responsibility to choose the most empowering reasons for the challenges in our lives and the opportunities in our lives. So yes, everything happens for a reason, but, but, but don't throw your hands up wondering what it is. You decide what, what reasons can I choose that will empower me to be a better version of myself and help other people do the same. How that's incredible. And you know, what's funny though, like you look at things as if it's negative, you can flip that to the positive. It's like the two-faced flipping the coin. No matter what it, it lands on, heads or tails, you're going to use it for a positive. You are the epitome of things not happening to you, but through you for the benefit of others. Dude, that's that's so good. And like we all have that choice. It's also kind of funny, like, hey, now you have something great to talk about at talks. Like, literally. <laughs> like, people joke about that in the speaking world, like, Dude, he's got both of his legs cut off. He's an amputee. Lucky guy. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> it's the joke. But but you know what? Like even that type of mindset, like, and then you think, man, okay, then then Hal goes on. He writes these books and all that kind of – you nearly died again, man. What? Like are you kidding? It's, it's, yeah. like, it's like it keeps testing you and keeps testing you. Man, like I, I, how is that of the feeling of, okay, I get knocked down. All right, I think I'm on this path. Oh, but wait, I get knocked down again. How do you continually continue? Is, is, is it just that mindset knowing that, man, I, I, like I don't have to resist my reality, but I can use my, rea- my, my past to, to push forward to my future? Oh, oh, you know that feeling you get when you just wake up and you are not rested or recharged? Yeah, we all have it. We all go through it. How do I wake up with full energy every single day? It is literally the game changer itself, chilly sleep. I have an Uller that goes underneath my mattress and cools my body temperature to the ideal temperature to get deep sleep, REM, high HRV scores. Now, I have mine pretty cold, about 57 degrees. The optimal level is between 57 and 65 degrees. I have a weighted blanket, which just cools my body, and I'm just sleeping in restorative sleep. So when I wake up in the morning, no matter how many hours I get, I am juiced up and ready to go. And lucky for you, you can wake up the same way. The people at Chili Sleep are giving you a discount, giving you a code. So go to chilitechnology.com forward slash pages forward slash David Nurse to get your special discount pricing there. 
Remember, that is chilitechnology.com forward slash pages forward slash David Nurse. Or just click the link below and it'll take you right there. It's sleep like a polar bear tonight. and Get the best night's sleep of your life. Chilly sleep. Yeah, well, what you referenced, the five years ago, I was diagnosed with a very rare aggressive form of cancer. I went into the hospital. like I, w- I was healthy one day, and the next day I went in the hospital. My lungs were failing, my kidneys were failing, and my heart was failing. And I was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. So the accident happened when I was 20, and then the cancer was I was 37. And, um, and yeah, I mean, like, kind of like you just alluded to, you know, I kind of did throw my hands up, like, dude, God, like, what? (laughs) I already went through like the the life and death thing. What am I, you know, and my poor parents, I mean, they were, you know, they almost watched me die once. And, uh, and then poor, my poor parents, I, I, uh, I mean, uh, I don't even, I can't even imagine being a parent now, what they have been through. Like they have had the hardest end of this, but the day that I was diagnosed with cancer, the doctors gave me a 20 to 30% chance of surviving. Hmm. And as a dad, especially to hear right the other side I did look at the other side of that coin the negative side which is well wait so that's you're saying I have a 70 to 80 percent chance of dying in the next few months there's a 70 to 80 percent chance that I'm gonna die and leave my kids without a dad and, and that that was the hardest thing I you know it's one thing for me if it's just me that's fine my babies oh. come on my, my daughter was seven son was four and I uh, I called my wife the day I was diagnosed because she was out of town visiting my grandma it was a trip I didn't go to because I was sick something was wrong with me but I didn't want my grandma to miss out on seeing the grandkids. So I sent my wife with, with my babies and uh, I called my wife, I called Ursula and I told her what was going on. And she starts, you know, she's bawling her eyes out. And, uh, uh, you know, I was at peace with it. Like the way I live my life is I accept all things I can't change because I realized there's no point in wishing you could change something that's out of your control. So for me, I've accepted life before it even happens. Whatever's going to happen in my future, whatever's going to happen for the rest of my life, no matter how difficult it is, I'm at peace with it. I've already decided because I was taught at an early age that every, here's an important lesson. This is, this is the crux of this mindset. Every painful emotion that you've ever felt in your life or that you are feeling right now, or that you could ever feel every painful emotion that you've ever felt has been self-created by your resistance to your reality. It is the degree that we resist reality that determines the degree of emotional pain that we experience. So think about that. If something horrible happens to two different people and one person says, no, 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 that my life's ruined. This is going to throw off every goal that I had. I was, no, right? They resist reality with every fiber of their being. What if the same tragedy happens to another person and they go, man, this is terrible, but you know what? I can't change it. So I'm just going to learn from it. I'm going to grow from it. I'm going to make the best of it. And I'm going to come out better on the other side. Same tragedy. One person resists it and the other person accepts it. One person's life is ruined and the other person is empowered to learn, grow, and become better than they've ever been before. And that's my mindset is that every adversity is an opportunity for us to learn, to grow, and become better than we've ever been before. And when I was diagnosed with cancer, I told my wife, I said, sweetheart, I know this is hard for you, but I want you to know it's not hard for me. And I will carry our family through this. I said, and I know the doctors say there's a 20 to 30% chance I'm going to survive. In my mind, sweetheart, there is a 100% chance that I will be in the 20 to 30% of those that survive this cancer. It's a 100% chance, sweetheart, 100%. And uh, getting choked up. You know, she, she didn't believe it. She's like, yeah, yeah, you're positive bullshit. You know, like, you know, she, she was trusting the doctors, I think, a little more than me. But, uh, but once again, I kind of defied the logic of doctors and, uh, and went on to, uh, you know, beat the cancer. And um, it was the hardest 
three years of my life. I mean, I went through 650 hours of chemotherapy because it's one of the most aggressive cancers. They hit it harder than just about any other cancer. And so I was on death's doorway quite a few times, like in the ER with 105 degree fevers and my eyes swollen shut and I've got infections. And I mean, I, it, it was hard. It was really hard, um, but it didn't change the mindset. You know, even on the hardest days, I would literally pray to say, thank you, God. Thank you for this, this, this pain because I know it's making me stronger. How, if everybody listening out there can rewind that last five minutes and listen to it every single morning, this world is an amazing place. That type of mindset is the reason you survive. Yes, God's great blessings and you have such a bigger purpose ahead of you, still even bigger than you even know. But that mindset of knowing that you're going to beat it, like that's, that's Victor Frankl's man's search for meaning. That's why you survive. Man. How I like this is a, this is incredible. Like this is stuff I didn't even really know, and, and I could go on and, and on about this, your resiliency, and I just encourage everybody to listen to everything that you do, your podcast, everything that you put out there is gold. Man, I've listened to so many interviews of yours that I've taken things from and put into my teachings, to my courses that I teach people, and they like your stuff. I'm just juiced up of how great your stuff is. But I know the audience wants to know about this miracle morning. How can yeah. what, what are some tools if we can give a few tools or habits that can set people up for success in their miracle morning? What would those be? So sandwiched in between the car accident and the cancer uh, was what I would call like my second kind of rock bottom, if you will, in the middle. And it was 2007 when it kind of when it started really 2008 is when it hit. And it was the United States economy crashed, right? Everybody listening to this, I'm sure was around during that time. And uh, I crashed with it. You know, I was, I was kind of in denial. I, you know, I, I'm, I always say there's a fine line between optimism and delusion. <laughs> and I crossed that line quite often. And, you know, people are like, Hal, are you worried about the economy? I'm like, I don't, you know, I create my own economy. I'm not going to worry <laughs> about anything, you know? And, you know, well, well, on the news, they're saying blah, blah. I'm, I don't watch the news, you know? So I was totally kind of blindsided. And all of a sudden, you know, coaching clients like, hey, Al, like, I'm really feeling the effects of the economy. I can't afford to pay you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. I'll, you know, let you out of your contract or put on hold or whatever. Within six months, I lost over half of my clients. And that means I lost over half of my income. And I, and nothing, uh, and I was trying to get more clients. I couldn't convince anybody to sign up because there was this collective fear around, you know, money's going to be scarce, the economy's crashing. And I, I couldn't pay my mortgage. I, my house was foreclosed on. I just bought my first house about a year and a half prior. Uh, I was engaged to be married. And uh, we had to move back in with my dad, and uh, which was not my, you know, my dream at 29 after I bought my first house, going back to home with dad, which I'm grateful that I could, but it wasn't the plan. Um, and uh, I got really depressed because really the first time in my life where I felt scared and hopeless. And um, a lo long story short, a series of events led me to go on a run. I hated running, but a buddy of mine said, Hal, you've got to get blood and oxygen to your brain. You should every morning go get outside, go run, get the blood flowing. And while you're on a run, listen to some sort of self-help audio book, uh, personal development, uh, business, whatever. He said, learn something that you can take home and improve your situation with. I was like, all right. So I went on a run the next morning, had a Jim Rohn audio, and Jim Rohn said a quote that changed my entire life. In fact, this is the catalyst to the miracle morning. Jim Rohn said, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. And I had probably heard it before, but you know, you hear something over and over and over, and you're like, yeah, 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 until you finally hear it. And you're like, oh, shit. 
I got, I got to do that. I got to live that. I got, I, I like, it didn't hit me until now. And I, and here's how I quantified it, David. I went, okay, if everybody listening, if we're measuring success in any area of our life, our relationships, our finances, our health, our happiness, you name it. And David, I'm going to ask you a question. It's kind of rhetorical, but give me an answer. If we're measuring success in every area on a scale of one to 10, what level do we all want? We all want 10 being 10. the best. 10. We all want 10. Like it, it, there's this innate drive and desire inside human beings that I want to be as happy as I can be. I want to be as financially secure and free as I can be. I want my relationship to be as good as they can be. Right. We all want level 10 success. But then I, I listened to what Jim said. He said, your level of success will never exceed your level of personal development. So I go, okay, well, I want level 10 success, but what's my level of personal development? And at that time, and I invite everybody listening to, to, to ask yourself this as, as, as you're continuing to listen. At that time, I was depressed. I had canceled my gym membership. I wasn't exercising. I wasn't reading. I was literally going in my office every day, staring at my computer screen, trying to get clients until my eyes bled, making phone calls. That was it. And so my level of personal development was like at a two, maybe a three or a four on a good day. And I saw the disconnect. I went, well, wait a minute. I want level 10 success, but I, I'm not dedicating time each day to becoming a level 10 person that's capable of creating that success I want. And that was the epiphany. I got to go home. I'm going to get online. I'm going to Google. What do the world's most successful people do for their personal development? What are the millionaires and the billionaires and the pro athletes and the philanthropists and the, you know, the leaders? What do they do every day? What's the most effective personal development practice that I can start doing every day so that I can gradually become a level 10 person who can create that level 10 success. And I went home, David, and I Googled and I had a list of, I ended up after about an hour, I was looking for the best practice. I had a list of six meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, journaling. I read an article called fortune 500 CEOs that swear by meditation. And I thought, wait a minute, I always picture monks meditating. I never thought of CEOs meditating to get their billion dollar ideas, but, but this article sold me. I was like, I got to meditate. Then I saw a video, an interview with Will Smith and Ellen DeGeneres, and Ellen asked him essentially how he became so successful, everything he did, the music industry as an actor, everything. And he said, affirmations. When I was, I think he said he was 15 years old when he learned about affirmations and he basically affirmed what he wanted in his life, what he was committed to doing to achieve what he wanted and who he was committed to being each and every day in terms of how he was going to show up. And he said, Ellen, I just read those affirmations every day. I, I consciously made choices to live in alignment with the affirmations. And I became the person I needed to be, did what I needed to do. And now I'm living the exact life that I designed at 15 years old in my affirmations. So David, I went, well, I got to do affirmations, right? And the other four practices were just as compelling depending on who you asked, who you read about. So I'm getting overwhelmed and I'm going, I don't know which one I should do. And then I had the epiphany. I went, wait, 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 wait. What if I did all of these? What if I woke up an hour earlier and I did 10 minutes of meditation, 10 minutes of affirmations, 10 minutes of visualization, like the world's greatest athletes swear by, right? 10 minutes of exercise, reading, journaling, all six practices. And I woke up the next morning and I felt excited. Keep in mind, at this time, I'm in debt, I'm losing my house, and I'm depressed. But that morning, I felt like a kid on Christmas morning because I had hope that what if this morning routine was the one thing that changed everything? Wow. I woke up that morning and I fumbled, like in, in full transparency, I fumbled my way through, like I didn't know how to meditate. My mind was racing. I sucked at it. The affirmations I found online felt goofy. You know, the visualization was like choppy. It was, you know, I, I didn't, I did kind of a mediocre version of the miracle morning, right? 
But at the end of that hour, I felt so much clarity and energy and I gained new knowledge and I felt motivated. And I, I, I just realized this is it. If I start every day like this, it's only a matter of time before I go from being a level two or a four to being a level three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Eventually, I'll, 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 it's inevitable. I can't start the day like this and not get better and better and better and better and better. And kind of like walking again, I was thinking six to 12 months from now, I can be out of debt. I can turn this all around. It was less than two months. That's why I called it the Miracle Morning. In less than two months, I more than doubled my income. In a declining economy, by the way, wow. the economy got worse. But as I got better, I got more clarity. I got more, I gained more knowledge. I actually bought a book called Book Yourself Solid that taught me how to get coaching clients. I implemented it, right? It worked. And so I doubled my income. I went from being in the worst shape of my life where I had an exercise in six months to committing to run a 52-mile ultra marathon because I hated running. That's why I did it. I thought, who would I have to become for, for someone that right now I can't run a mile? Who would I have to become to run 52 in a row? I don't even know that person. But if I could become that person, what can't I do from that point? And my depression didn't even take two months to go away. It was gone. The first, it, was, it was minimized the first day, and it just gradually, day by day, went away because I went, I figured it out. I've got the one thing that's going to change it all. And I went to my wife and said, sweetheart, I signed two clients today. We've officially doubled our income from two months ago. It's all because of this morning ritual. It feels like a freaking miracle. And she goes, it's your miracle morning. Nice. I go, yeah, I like that miracle morning. So, I mean, she gets the credit. Like, and, and then I just wrote my schedule, miracle morning every day. And I never, it was never a book idea. Yeah. But I started teaching it to my coaching clients. And almost every single one said, how? Nope, not a morning person. And then I said, look, you pay me to challenge you. Like, get your, get your ass up tomorrow and do your miracle morning, right? So they all gave it, gave it a try. And, and I think 13 out of 14 came back to the next call saying, I am now a morning person. I don't see myself ever not doing this. And that's when the light bulb went off and I went, if this changed my life and I wasn't a morning person, it's done it for almost all of my clients and none of them are morning people. I have a responsibility to share this with the world. And that's when I decided to, you know, write a book. It took me three years. I self-published it, you know, thinking if this changes just one life, like I, I didn't have an audience. And, you know, you and I were talking before we started recording. It's, it's now, I'm, I'm, I say this humbly, but just gratefully, and in awe, it's, we've sold over three and a half million copies of the book. It's translated now in 37 languages. Um, and there are millions of people around the world in 200 plus countries that do the Miracle Morning every single day. And I've received probably close to 10,000 emails from people saying how it's changed their life in all kinds of ways. <laughs> Man, I am in awe. That is, there is so much gold in that. Literally, you changing your life and living in these success habits kick you out of a, a depressed just stuck state by putting yourself in this man and change like comes on to be a book you know what i love a lot about that too that can show people like well if hal can do it so can i you googled you literally <laughs> googled and found an article that led you to this guys everybody you can do you can achieve your dreams like you not let these limitations hold you back how that is let me let me real quick david i want i just i do want to highlight that you just yeah. said something that's one of the, i believe one of the most important beliefs for us to embody if another human being can do something that's evidence that you can do it too yes 
Yes. We have this tendency to separate ourselves from those achieving at a higher level. Oh man, they're so charismatic or they're, they're better looking than me or they have more resources than me or more experience or they didn't go through what I went through. They didn't have the parents I had. <laughs> they didn't have the, the trauma that I suffered, right? We create this separation and we need to flip that around 180 and go, no, 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 they, they're human beings. Yeah. They were born without any of what they have now and, and they probably suffered their own trauma and their own challenges and their own fears and insecurity and self-doubt, but they figured it out. And that means that you can too. I think it's one of those important beliefs that to have is if another human being can do it, that's evidence that you can do it too. Man, you have, and you speak on these words, and this is exactly what you have, and we can all have unwavering faith and extraordinary mm -hmm. effort. Those two were, I put that, those phrases together, write it down, put it on your fridge, put it on your lock screen of your phone and see that every single day. How, man, I could go on and on with you for hours and hours, but everybody check out everything he does, the six steps, implement these six steps in your morning routine. Literally every successful person that I talk to has a morning routine. It's almost like generally accepted now. You made something that wasn't even created, made something a generally accepted term. That's phenomenal. That's leaving legacy. So, Hal, I'm going to throw you on the rapid-fire hot seat as we wind down here. These can be quick answers. <clears throat> Whatever comes to your mind, rapid-fire. And you've said a lot of quotes already. The first one I'm going to start you off with, what is your favorite, favorite mindset quote? Is there something that has been your mantra for life? I know you said the, the uh, Jim Rohn one, which is incredible. What's your favorite Yeah, one? one of them is where we are is a result of who we were. Mm but where we go depends entirely on who we choose to be. Ooh. And it's just, it's an acknowledgement of that whole, I'm not going to live into my path. I'm not from who I was. Isn't who I am. It's who I was. Yeah. I get to choose who I am in this moment. And that determines where I go in my life. Dude, you do such a great job of the past is the past to accept the past. And it shapes you for the future. You decide which way you want it to shape you. You blame, you blame your past or you use your past. Unbelievable job of that, man. What does, leaving a legacy look like to you, Hal? And not in the terms, of course, of a billboard that says your name, but what is a legacy to Hal Elrod? Yeah, to me, it's living in alignment with your values and actively doing everything in your power to help other people. And, and for me, I, like I simplify that as my mission in life is to fulfill my potential in every mm -hmm. possible aspect in mm -hmm. service of others, right? So it's not to fulfill my potential yes. so that I can get it all and, and, and achieve it all and get all the recognition. It's so the only way that I can help other people fulfill their potential is if I do it first. And so I believe if you're listening to this, the greatest gift that you can give to others, to those you love, those you lead into humanity is to fulfill your potential so that you can show them how to fulfill theirs. Oh, just, hey, write that down. Service, service, service mode. This guy lives it. He'll send me text messages. He posts for me like just thinking of me. And he's got 10 million emails coming in with 300 country or however many countries reading the book, like so much going on how, and you're reaching out and you're pouring into others. So lives what he preaches. Amazing brother. How, okay. Here's a fun one for you. You got a dinner party. We got three people that you get to invite dead or alive that you want to be at your dinner to have conversation with. Who are you inviting and what are you eating, cooking? I'm guessing it's going to be the same thing you eat every day, but maybe not. Exactly. That's funny. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to, you know, it, honestly, it's my wife, Ursula, it's my son, Halston, and it's my daughter, Sophia. So good. Um, now, partly because I'm an introvert, and so I don't like to have to be social and have small talk, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then, but then also more than that, it's just because those people that I love more than anything, anybody that. in the world, and I would, uh, I would take them to a restaurant called Cafe Gratitude. 
yes. uh, which is a restaurant that uh, is in so good. They're all over California, which yeah. I miss them. They're not in Texas. So, you know, um, what's funny how yeah. I, that's one spot I want to go to and know about it. I've never been there. So now you have encouraged me to it go to Cafe Grey. favorite restaurant of okay. all time. There it is. That's uh, enough of a reason for me to go there. All right. Beautiful. How? How do we support you? How can we follow you? How can we stalk you? How can we cheer you on? Everything Hal Elrod, where is it? Yeah, thank you, man. The, you know, I, I'm on a mission, and, and the Miracle Morning is the center of it. The, I mentioned this to you earlier. There's nothing I have ever created uh, in the world that I'm aware of that has made a more profound impact in terms of really helping people no matter their age, their race, religion, like just, it's just universal. Like you wake up every day, which right, we all do. Um, even if you're struggling or if you're succeeding at a high level, that miracle morning is that one thing that can help you in my experience to go to the next level. So miraclemorning.com is the spot where you can find the books. There's multiple books. Um, the movie, we didn't talk about that, but there's a documentary, the miracle morning movies there. Um, and you can join the community. The Miracle Morning community is a Facebook group with 330,000 people from wow. 217 countries who wake up every day and support each other. Wow. And it is one of the most positive, encouraging, supportive online communities that I have ever seen. And so whether you're new to the Miracle Morning or you're experienced, you know, it's a, it's a great place to go connect and, and get support on the journey. So MiracleMorning.com is the hub for all the things. Yes. Check out the movie. Incredible documentary. Achieve Your Goals podcast. You also have a great podcast, all the books, on a mission to elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning at a time, brother. That is that's gold. Hal, incredible. You are one of the coolest pe people that I know walking the planet. You live it. You breathe it. You, you pour so much into other people. I'm so blessed to have you in my life, man. And the last part, last question we're going to drop the mic. We're just going to walk off on this one. One word, one thing. It can be one thing. How about we go with this? It can be one thing for somebody that wakes up tomorrow morning. They are not a morning person. They are stuck. They are frustrated. One thing, the first thing that they can do that can break free, that can start them on this path to miracle morning and changing their lives. Yeah, set your alarm back 30 minutes from when you have to wake up. Right, you got to wake up at X amount of time. Great, set it back thirty minutes. Not a lot, just thirty minutes, hmm. and do one of those six practices: meditate, read, journal, do affirmations. Just one, not all of them. Yep. Just one. Yep. Do one thing that moves you closer to becoming the person that you need to be to create everything that you want for your life. You deserve to start every single day that way. Hal, you're the man. Mike dropped, and we're out. <laughs>